0: This is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. This is your podcast for Saturday, February twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Well, the week moves on. We've had some warm weather, and uh, today I want to talk a little bit about sort of a hive report on what we've noticed with the hives, and uh, we we officially have lost one hive. I think probably two, and I'll go through that in a minute. I'll also, talk a little bit about sensors as some new sensors arrive from home. Except and. Uh, we're, we're putting them in some of our hives and we've got some exciting plans for those sensors because they're so resilient, so amazing. We're so excited about using those home sensors that were originally created for senior citizens now being used uh, to live at home and, and um, now being used in um, our, bee, our bee research. So we had a couple of warmer days. The temperatures have, had gone up and the bees were out flying and the idea was to see you know how much bee activity how many bees were taking cleansing flights and how much bee activity we did have outside of what we know from the sensors Uh, the tree pad hive that I've talked about that I was worried about uh had no activity and and the temperature was similar to the outside so obviously there was something wrong so we opened it up and sure enough the bees had perished now the majority had left probably late fall there was a small I think a fairly small cluster that had remained and I'm not sure if it was queen failure Uh, we did and you'll see this if you go in the next couple weeks we'll be posting the video of our dissection of that hive you will be able to see the uh, varroa mites that we found Um, and those varroa mites it's hard to know if they actually caused the failure because varroa mites are not uncommon the hive had been treated twice uh once in the spring and i had treated it in the fall with formic acid it was an original hive this was its second winter um and it didn't make it so it was full of honey probably had close to 80 to 100 pounds of honey and not to mention what was in the first box now this was a three Um, It had a deep with two mediums above, and and it could be that it just was too difficult for these bees to manage, but it was our strongest hive all year. Uh, The split, the late split from that hive, is actually doing quite well, and that's what was kind of confusing. Now, it could have been a queen issue. I'm I'm just not sure. The current data, so we went into the winter with 31 hives, and we still are officially in winter, but... With the warmer weather we did see 29 out of our 31 hives flying their bees were coming out and uh, doing cleansing flights some more than others but we know that there's there's bee survival we'll call it so far we don't know about queen survival and we still may lose obviously some of the hives but we have we know they have a significant amount of food we don't there'll be no issues of starving we also noticed on a walk the other day the actual weeping willow starting buds starting to get a little plumper so we think within a week or two the weeping willows will actually start uh, to come out and depending on the daytime temperature the bees may be able to access that for pollen quickly followed by maple and then we're off and running so we're going to we have one other hive and it's called hive 13 it's in a it has a deep and a medium that didn't have any activity now it was a bit in the shade but i, I believe it's uh, it's also perished and and uh, once we can get the tractor back in the bush uh, and have a look at it we will do so and see if i mean now we still may have other hives not make it we don't know um they say some 15 to 20 percent is a normal attrition rate for bees in the wild without any you know crazy years with temperature or humidity and so on And so that would mean we would probably be losing another four or five hives before we just get to what you would expect in in a normal year so if that does play out if we if we come out of the winter with 25 hives that would be outstanding but again it's too early to say it is difficult to go through and many of you if you're beekeepers you know this even if you may lose one hive it's very difficult to go through and and you know just take that hive apart and see where it's at so what we will do is we will take that honey the the close to 80 pounds we'll use that with other hives we'll use it for some of our swarming hives and hives that may need a little boost throughout the season and a few of those frames we'll also take and use in other ways so that's the hive report now with the sensors the 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 sensors from home except have really proven and i talked to the, the the company founder and i said you know have you done something to improve the connectivity because we're finding the the range that we're able to um, have them connect to each other expanded in one case over 200 feet from one sensor connection to another and what happens is these sort of mesh each other and so that you can actually put them together to create a rather extensive elaborate sort of uh, bee sensing situation depending on where your hives are now in our case we have the majority spread out so it's somewhat more difficult but we do have Uh, two hives now uh, close to the home, and then we have six hives close to the farm barn, which we can sort of connect, and then we believe we can connect all the way back to the bush with the 15 sensors that we ordered. So very exciting times with sensor technology. Uh, We're also going to be able to go back in time and look at the data from the hive that didn't make it. We had a sensor in that one hive, the tree pet hive, so we'll be able to sort of ballpark a time frame. When the temperature and humidity became more like that of the outside and see if that can give us some clues as to possible reasons or better understanding of what we may have done to help them but remember in some cases and there's a there's some argument about this but it's better to let nature take its course because if you sort of help a hive limp into the new year they're they're not going to have good genetics or good patterns of behavior so that they can continue to thrive and survive so that's that's sort of the update on the hives uh continue to collect the data hopefully soon we'll be planning our uh our spring um sort of you know how many hives do we need to replace how many splits should we do um and we'll be able to go from there on the podcast this week at uh, wildflowerbeefarm.com the video blog that we post you'll see that it's uh, this is called critters and creatures where i talk about different animals that are now all over the farm since we've turned it back to uh, pollinator habitat and uh, interested if you get on there and have a look the final one is a cat for sure but what type of cat how does it survive how does it avoid the the coyotes that now appear to be on the property so just an interesting look at other animals that are now you know taking advantage of the habitat that we've created for pollinators so again i'm hank from the wildflower bee farm remember you can go to wildflowerbeeffarm.com and have a look at our weekly video that we put up on what we're doing on the farm you can also go to honeybee lesson plans and have a look at what we're doing for classrooms and if you're homeschooling or your child's at home um you know you can use our videos that we provide with uh, very structured lesson plans written by a uh, uh, expert classroom teacher and it's 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 quite helpful to use some of the more exciting videos that we have to motivate children to write and read and and do research again i'm hank from the wildflower bee farm look forward to speaking with you again next week